0: Is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back. And we are just going to dive right in today because I'm not one for small talk, and I have a lot that I want to share with you today, and it comes from my pure and legitimate excitement about the world that we live in now and the opportunity that we have to learn just about anything from anyone that really is unique to this day and age where we can get so much information from incredibly powerful people for free or almost free. So no matter where you feel stuck, whether it's with your weight, whether it's with your emotional relationship with food, or your relationships in general, your business, your finances, we have pretty much unlimited opportunity to learn from so many experts for free or almost free. And I think that that is such a powerful thing. That's why I listen to podcasts. That's why I read all of the time, because I think that we are limited by only two things. Number one, we are limited by the information we expose ourselves to. So if you don't expose yourself to information, then you certainly are limiting your potential. And then what we do with that information. There are a lot of people out there who consume information, but then do not implement it or use it in any way to change their lives. And I am always looking to learn from other people. But I'm also very self-aware that sometimes we can just nod and smile and say, oh yeah, that's great, I should do that, and not do anything with it. Some teachers or coaches are better about helping with the implementation part than others. Some people are just like, information, 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 and then kind of don't really help you bridge that gap in terms of putting it into practice and changing your life based on what you now know. But some people are really great at that. Whether the teacher is excellent at helping you implement or not, I want to be clear that we all, me, you, everybody, we all have a personal responsibility to invest in implementation. And I don't mean invest financially, although that might be part of it for you, but really invest our time and energy in taking what we know, taking what motivates us, taking what encourages us, and implementing it, putting it into action so that it has the ability to change our lives and what i want to do today is share with you some of the most high impact lessons i've learned from one particular coach and that is tony robbins and tony robbins has never coached me one-on-one but i have read his books i have taken his uh one of his audio cd programs called personal power Two, and i have attended uh one of his live events now i wish that I had been exposed to him years and years and years ago, because I do believe that he could have helped me find my own potential long ago. I found him maybe, maybe 70 or 80 pounds into my weight loss, um, most recently. And what I found is he helped me figure out how to get through some of the mental and emotional barriers that were really kind of still traveling with me, that were really holding me back from my upbringing, uh, from my beliefs about myself and my beliefs about my body. And I think that's sort of what took my journey to the next level. Some of the things that I learned from Tony Robbins, some of the things that he helped me uncover about myself. I've had a similar experience with Dave Ramsey, and, and the reason I bring up Dave Ramsey is because Neither Tony Robbins nor Dave Ramsey have ever talked to me or in my presence or in their books about weight loss. And yet the things I learned from them, Dave Ramsey about finances, Tony Robbins sometimes about finances, but sometimes just about kind of being your living up to your highest potential, I was able to take that information and apply it to my life in a way that really helped me overcome my negative or unhealthy relationship with food and my negative beliefs about my body. So keep in mind that we can learn from just about anybody in any arena of life. And if we pay close enough attention, that can help us with our weight struggles now, I will say that Tony Robbins is over the top, and I am not a rah-rah cheerleader, hold hands and scream kind of girl at all, at all. So if you're kind of rolling your eyes, I get that because I had the same exact response. But the reality is he is a powerful, powerful, powerful coach. He is more than a motivational speaker. And I think motivational speakers sometimes get a little bit of a bad rap because they're just seen as like cheerleaders, but that's really not necessarily what they're doing. They are helping you go internal. They are helping you pull out the best of you and live into the best of you while overcoming the things that really hold you back. And that's what I think Tony Robbins is so great about. He helps people find their own Power. He's not giving anything that you do not already have. He did not give me anything that I didn't already have. He helped me out of my self-imposed darkness so that I could really step into my potential. And I would love to help you facilitate that for yourself today. All right. So simply stated, he has made my life better and taught me a lot to overcome some of the darkness in my past related to my weight, because, you know, many of us come from a place where we feel like the struggles we've had with our weight will be with us always, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I was stuck really preventing my own progress with those beliefs for quite some times. I was heavy as a kid. I was heavy as a baby. And I had a really hard relationship with my mom related to my weight because she didn't understand She was very slender, my sister's very slender, and I was just the heavy one. I never felt good enough. I felt very isolated. And those feelings led me to eating disorders, depression, extreme diets, you name it, I've done it, right? Prescription and over-the-counter pills. That was my story. And I came at weight loss and my relationship with food From a very woe-is-me kind of perspective, and for most of my life, I stayed stuck right there, defined by the relationship I had with food and my body and my family, right? And I would tell anybody who would listen, I was always sort of very woe-is-me about my body and about my process. I would tell people I was just born heavy, right? I was the only female in my family struggling with weight. I was embarrassed. I was obsessed with food and diets. I was always on a diet. And I would say things like, I've tried everything. I'm really active, but I mean, it's just it's just my body, right? I'm always on a very restrictive plan or I'm totally off the rails. I'm an emotional eater. I have a very all or nothing personality. That was my story. That was my story. It was what I reinforced in my mind all the time. Here's the thing, though. Here's what has changed for me in part because of what I've learned from Tony Robbins. That is my past. That is all very real. I was born heavy. I struggled with my weight. I had a really tough relationship with my mom growing up because of my weight. I was embarrassed. I was always on a diet. I was depressed. I struggled with eating disorders. That is my past. But that is no longer my story. That is my past, but it is no longer my story. My past doesn't define me. And I was starting to figure that out on my own. But Tony Robbins really accelerated that understanding for me. And that represented a really significant paradigm shift. And I want to walk you through some of the biggest lessons that I learned that brought me to that place. And if you feel like you are defining your body and defining your relationship with food in an unproductive way, like if I were to say, Kind of tell me, tell me your history, tell me where you're at, tell me about your your dieting philosophy, tell me about your relationship with food. Go through that exercise, like just say it out loud and then ask yourself, is that productive and taking me in the direction that I want to go or is my thoughts about my body, are my thoughts about my relationship with food and my ability, my potential Is it unproductive or is it productive? Is it taking me where I want to go or is it holding me where I do not want to stay, right? I hear things all the time that define keeping you stuck, that will center you right around where you don't want to be. It's language like, I'm just addicted to sugar. I've tried everything. Something's wrong with me. I can't lose the weight. I'm totally obsessed, but I just can't seem to do it. I don't know what's wrong with me. That language, it's not reflective of facts about your past and facts about your struggle. It's reflective of surrender. It's reflective of giving up your ability to change, to redefine, to make a different way. So that has got to go. That has got to go. It doesn't mean you have to define your past. It doesn't mean you need to go to the land of fairies and unicorns and say, like, I'm skinny and I wear a size two and all I crave is broccoli. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But your language is either keeping you stuck or propelling you forward. And there really is no in-between. There really is no in-between. So if you can look at your language and your beliefs and your thoughts and see that they are anchoring you where you do not want to be, then you've got to address that. And I want to help you be able to do that, especially in some of the ways that Tony Robbins helped me be able to do that. All right. So a couple of the things that I'm going to go into specifically are related to what Tony Robbins indirectly taught me about the requirements for change, changing anything, Right, there are two things that he expressed in in his books or his trainings or just have really stood out in my mind about requirements for change. Number one is focus, right? Number one is focus, and number two is strategy, right? Pretty pretty straightforward, but I want to go into some of the details about the way. He expressed this in his teachings that made such a big difference for me related to weight loss. Now, I just did a podcast episode all about focus a couple of days ago that I will link to in the show notes because focus is an absolute prerequisite to consistency and consistency is a non-negotiable for progress. Now, what Tony teaches or what Tony has taught in the past is that your focus is either on something that is compelling, specific, and within your control, or your focus is completely unreliable and on things that are out of your control. And one of the things that I ask myself based on this on a daily basis, heck, moment by moment basis, especially when emotionally I'm not feeling as great as I want to feel or I'm starting to beat myself up, I will ask myself, Am I being specific about what I want or am I fixating on what I don't want? I will literally check my focus multiple times throughout the day. Am I being specific right now about what I do want or am I fixating on what I don't want? Right? So let me talk about those three things that Tony says we want with our focus. We want it to be on something compelling, something specific, And something in your control. So when you check your focus and you ask yourself, am I focusing on something that I want? Or am I fixating on something that I don't want? As we redirect our focus, we want to redirect it to something that is compelling, specific, and within our control. So a compelling focus is something that excites you. Right. And this is where so many people go wrong with weight loss or relationship with food. They focus on the negative. They focus on what they want, but feel like they can't have. They focus on, you know, how wide their hips are or how slow their progress is. That is not a compelling focus. That is a very counterproductive negative focus. A compelling focus is something that excites you, like how amazing it is going to feel when you catch your reflection from the side and realize you don't have any back fat. (laughs) You are not spilling out around your bra or around your waistband or whatever else. You want your focus to be something compelling, something that excites you, right? Waking up and looking in the mirror and loving your body, or waking up and feeling ready to get up because you have so much energy and you're no longer exhausted. A compelling focus would be about thinking about how amazing it's going to feel to go into any store and be able to buy clothes that fit you well and you feel great wearing instead of avoiding shopping or feeling like you just have to buy what fits because there are no good options. So if you can button it, it has to be good enough. That is not a compelling focus. Compelling is what excites you, right? Not like, oh gosh, nothing fits, I hate shopping. Instead, I can't wait to go in there and be able to pick up anything from any store and feel like it looks and feels amazing. You want your focus to be compelling. You also want your focus to be specific, right? Many people struggle here with weight loss because their focus is vague, right? I want to lose weight. That is not specific. You. This is where I think visualization comes in, too, because it's really easy to get specific with your focus when you visualize. For me, this is visualizing... I tend to visualize two different things. One is related to my body, and one is related to my performance. So when I say performance, I mean workouts. And I will visualize myself going into the gym with tons of energy and doing specific things that I can't do right now. I'm either not strong enough, or I'm not lean enough, or I'm not conditioned enough, or whatever. And I visualize that compelling specific focus for me is how great it will feel when I go into the gym with confidence and I'm able to do that without hesitation. Right or related to my body. Specifically, I always have a pair of goal pants that I'm working towards, a pair of maybe jeans that I can maybe not get on yet, or I can get on but I can't button them. So my specific focus would be how exciting it is going to feel to pull those jeans on and they button easily and they look amazing. And the specificity there is I literally imagine myself, and I imagine what my body looks like as I stand in the mirror and pull on those jeans up over my hips, and they just button easily right over my flat belly, right? That is a compelling, specific focus. The other part of the focus is it has to be on something that is within your control, right? My physical fitness at the gym is within my control. I know the steps I need to take to achieve my my performance goals. I know the steps I need to take to lean out enough to fit into my goal pants. Many of us focus on things that are not in our control. And many of us are focusing on the kind of like the triple whammy of things that don't help us. We're focusing on something that's negative, that's not compelling. We're being really vague about it, and it's not within our control, right? Things that we can focus on that are not in our control, it's like frustration that there's always so many temptations around the office or always so many temptations at home. Like, you you can't control what your spouse brings into the house, right? You cannot control the fact that there are donuts in the break room. You can certainly control whether or not you pick it up and put it into your mouth, but Focusing on things that are outside of our control is really disempowering. So what I really learned about focus is how to allow it to serve me, how to allow it, how to create a focus that will move me forward instead of holding me back. And the big thing there is specific, compelling, and within my control. So that was one of the two non-negotiables for change, focus. The other is strategy and tools right? So many times I had the wrong strategy. And in kind of my perspective now is the wrong strategy is one that is either not sustainable or could be all of these. The wrong strategy is going to be not sustainable for you, right? Not sustainable maybe because it's too extreme or because you just don't enjoy it. You're not going to do anything long term that you do not enjoy, right? So it could be that it's just not sustainable for you. It could be that it is not effective. One of the most really liberating things about understanding the wrong strategy is I actually was able to look at all of my past failures and see them as information and opportunity instead of like, This shameful part of my past, all of my failed attempts that I was so embarrassed of, I actually begin to see it as an advantage because in all of those failures is reflections of the wrong strategy for me. Now, the wrong strategy for me might not be the wrong strategy for you, but I know for sure that HCG and, and eating 400 calories a day is the wrong strategy. Why is it the wrong strategy? Because it wrecks my metabolism and it's not sustainable. I'm not going to eat that way for the rest of my life. So that is the wrong strategy, right? The wrong strategy was also chicken broth and protein shakes for months and months and months. Why? Because I hated it because it didn't work. Right? I mean, even if I loved it, it didn't work for me. I put the weight back on. So we can look at our backlog of unsuccessful attempts and be able to see all the things that don't work. So we need the right strategy. And to me, the right strategy is one that works for your body and is sustainable. You can see yourself doing this every single day for the rest of your life. Short term strategies lead to short-term results, and that is a situation where you've invested your energy, you've invested your time, but you don't get to keep your results, and that is such a waste, and I've done that so many times, and it's exhausting, and it is frustrating. Another thing that I learned from Tony Robbins and his teachings, and again, this was not any teaching he did related to weight loss. I've never, I mean, he probably does talk about it, but um, in when I've seen him in the books I've read, he, he hasn't, but what I learned through his teachings about weight loss is that being overweight was giving me something that I wanted or needed or desired. And that was a tough one because my initial reaction to that is, No, I hated everything about it. Like, I get kind of emotional even thinking about it. Like, that is not a life I wanted to live. I was miserable. I was isolated. I was frustrated all the time. I was constantly consumed with thoughts about how I could change. But the reality is, I was the only one putting food into my mouth. There was a reason I was doing that. And the only reason we do anything is because we get something out of it. We get something out of it. So we have to really honestly look at what is it giving you? What is it giving you to sabotage yourself? What is it giving you to overeat? What are you getting out of this? What does it add to your life? Or what are you using it to accomplish? Because on the one hand, my defensive mind would say it wasn't giving me anything. I was miserable. I had no energy. I had no friends. I had no social life. I, I had no focus on anything else. But it was giving me something. And if you don't figure out what you are getting out of it and then replace that, meet that need in another way, chances are you're going to have a really, really hard time changing. And if you do get some results, you probably will go right back to using the food for whatever you were using it for. For me, overeating was allowing me to escape, to isolate myself, it was offering me a protection, but here's the thing about that barrier. The barrier that food created was keeping me feeling kind of safe and in my comfort zone, but it was also preventing good things from coming into my life. Because I was using food to escape negative emotion. It was a distraction for me. It was that's, It's purely that. It was a distraction and a way to soothe myself Distract and soothe so that I didn't have to feel loneliness or stress, but running never leads to resolution. So if I was using food to escape something I didn't want to face or not feel something I didn't want to feel, I wasn't resolving it. I was just running from it, which means it's always still there waiting. It never goes away. I could turn and run and distract myself and numb myself with food, but guess what? The next day it was still there and I had to deal with those things that I was trying to avoid in order to not have to face them every single day. So I think the big takeaway here is maybe for you, you get something different out of it. Maybe it's about acceptance, right? Maybe it's about feeling like you can give yourself something when in many areas of your life you feel like you have no control. And so the ability to say yes to yourself is one of your only opportunities to say yes to yourself. But the reality there is there are many other ways and many more productive ways to say yes to yourself than overindulging or holding yourself back from something you really want more, you know. But you have to figure this out and overcome it because if you are overweight or if you have a relationship with food that you do not want, it's giving you something. You're making those choices for some reason and you have to figure that out. Another powerful lesson that I learned from Tony is about changing your state. And this really hit me when he said, your decisions are primed by your state. What does that mean? We make decisions based on our emotional and mental kind of like mindset, where we are. That's what he means by state, like the condition of our emotions or our mindset in any moment. Right. Like the music you listen to, the choice you make about music you listen to when you're feeling really down and kind of blah is going to be different than the choice you make about the music you want to put on in your car when you're like totally jazzed up. Right. So our decisions are primed by our state. So if we want to make better decisions, if we want to make more productive decisions, then we have to change our state. And there are so many ways that we can do that. One of them is as simple as posture. If we just, and I'm going to do this right now, if you just sit up straight wherever you are right now and pull your shoulders back and put your chest up and put your chin up and you smile, you feel different than if you're slouching, right? Than if your head is down, than if your tone is low, but just kind of putting a smile on your face, pulling your shoulders back, putting your chest up, putting your chin up, And changing the tone of your voice, it changes your state, and our decisions are primed by our state. We are in control of our state. It doesn't mean that we always want to have a smile on our face and be standing up tall, but if you force yourself to do that, you change your physiology in a way that is going to influence the choices that you make. It's just, it's no different than the way we sort of feel slouchy and slummy if we're If we haven't showered yet and we're bumming around the house in our sweats and then we decide I want some ice cream versus taking a shower and getting dressed and putting on clothes where you feel really great about yourself and putting on a pair of shoes that you love, whatever it is, we are influenced by our state and we are completely in control of our state at any given time. So your posture, your facial expression, your body responds to those things. And we have to take control of those in order to really reap the benefits. We have much more control over our choices and our moods than we really think so. And and that control over the mood thing is a big, big, big part of what I learned from Tony Robbins. Because remember, I was in a really, really deep depression. And I sort of felt like I was just a victim of my mood I was depressed, and so what could I do? Now, I'm not going to like ruffle feathers here, and some people do need more help changing their mood and emotions, but all of us, whether we're deep in the throes of depression or we're just kind of moody, all of us have more control over our emotional state than what we really fully take advantage of, because Tony teaches that emotion controls and determines the quality of your life. And he says that there are three things that can create our emotion at any given time. One is your physiology, the way you're breathing, your posture, your movement, right? Like I said, when I stand up and I pull my shoulders back and my chest up, my chin up, I feel more capable and confident when I smile, I feel more positive than when I don't. It changes my physiology when I smile. And there's something that I learned um, from Tara Brock, and I've mentioned her meditation podcast before. But one of the things she teaches in her meditation, because I hate forcing a smile. It's just like so not my personality. But one of the things that Tara teaches, and I encourage you to do this right now, especially if you're not driving. Close your eyes. Yeah, don't close your eyes if you're driving. Definitely not. Close your eyes and imagine... A smile between your eyebrows right like I'm not saying literally create a smile there imagine a smile between your eyebrows what that does is it relaxes the area of your face where so many of us hold so much tension right in the temples and in the forehead We hold so much uh, tension there and we're almost always just like furrowed, deeply concentrated or negative. And it's tough to relax that. But what I found is that when you imagine that smile there, it just relaxes your whole face and that changes your physiology, which is one of the factors that controls your emotion. One of the other three forces that Tony teaches uh, impacts your emotion is your focus, right? And I say this all the time. What you focus on, you feel. Do bad things happen? Heck yeah, bad things happen. Do we sometimes make choices that we wish we hadn't made? (laughs) Absolutely, all the time. Are we sometimes dissatisfied with our bodies or with our progress? Yes. Do we have to stay there? Do we have to put our focus there? No. Absolutely not. We do not. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean we need to focus on them. There are a myriad of other blessings and opportunities and great things in our lives that we can choose to focus on. Choose is the key word there. We can choose to focus on them. It doesn't mean denying tough things in our lives. We do not have to deny anything. Bad things are going to happen. We're going to make bad choices. We're going to have crappy days. Do we have to focus on it? No. Can we focus on any number of other positive and empowering things in our lives? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Bad things are going to happen. Doesn't mean we have to put our focus there. And the third thing that Tony teaches really influences emotion is Our language, the words we use in our thoughts or in our speech, I never say, like, I have to go work out, right? And people say this all the time, and I always thought it was really corny, but it's really true. Like, I am fortunate to be well enough to go work out. I am fortunate to have a gym where I feel comfortable. I am fortunate to have a trainer that pushes me and understands me and motivates me. I don't have to go do anything. I could choose to stay home and skip my workout. That's fine. I'm not going because I have to. I'm going because I choose to. I get to. I want to, right? And I think this is even more powerful when it comes to food. People will say all the time, like, oh, I can't have that. I shouldn't have that, right? Somebody brings out pizza and you're like, no, I can't. I don't ever say I can't because, well, it's not true. I totally can. I can eat whatever I want whenever I want to. But I'm not going to choose to because I choose to feel better, right? I know that if I have that pizza, for me personally, I'm not going to feel really great afterwards. Like physically, I'm not going to feel great. And emotionally, I'm probably going to wish that I had something that was more aligned with my goals. So it's never language like I can't or I shouldn't, right? I mean, I can and I can do whatever I want to do, but I'm going to choose something that's going to make me feel a little bit better, so our language is so powerful and this constellation here of language and focus and physiology can change absolutely everything, absolutely everything. So I just wanted to share with you those few things that I have learned from Tony Robbins. And over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com, I am going to link to um, some of Tony's resources because he's got some great books. He ha- Here's the thing about, like I was saying at the start, there's so much free information. You can see videos totally for free of Tony Robbins teaching about these different topics online. You can get his books for very, very affordable prices. He has obviously much more expensive products and programs as well, but the reality is we can learn so much for free. And then if we decide it's time or there's value in investing, I think that there is very little that we can do with our money that is better than using it to improve our lives, to improve our relationships, to improve our health. That is so valuable and important. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's wrap up. With what I ate yesterday, breakfast was kind of different. I, uh, You guys know I'm usually just a coffee person, um, but I had pork belly and eggs. I really miss the vegetables, though, because I, I find that I am not satisfied for quite so long when I don't have the fiber from the veggies in the morning, so I miss that with my pork belly and eggs. It was totally delicious, but it didn't fill me up for all that long compared to when I have my veggies earlier in the day. So I munched on some almonds, even though you guys know that's like my kryptonite, but whatever. And then um, I made almond flour crusted chicken that I had over spaghetti squash with like marinara. And that was so delicious. So I only kind of had two meals yesterday, but you know me, I made up for it with almonds, (laughs) that's my thing, Um, but anyway, if you guys want to see my weekly workouts, don't forget to get the, to get on the free Primal Potential email list, that is where I send out, every week I send either a recipe or motivation or some type of information and at the end of those emails, right at the bottom, are my weekly workouts, so if you feel like that would be helpful to you, you can text the word primal to the number 44222, the word primal, to the number uh, 44222, and that will get you on that free VIP email list, or you can just go over to primalpotential.com and get on it there. So I hope this was a good episode for you. I hope it was helpful. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. I would love to hear them. We'll see you guys soon. Take care.